Well, we are continuing in Psalm 51. We're up to verse 12, so we'll read verses 1 through 12. Remembering that this is the living and inerrant word of God. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness. According to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done this evil in your sight, that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. O Lord, we do come before you now because you are a God of grace, our Heavenly Father. And we come to you only through the Lord Jesus Christ to hear what your word says to us and to learn from it and to obey it. And we ask that your spirit would prepare our minds and our hearts to listen now and to rejoice in your word. For we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Well, about a month ago now, we, re- we looked at a little bit at verse 11. And this is where David cried out. He said, do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. David did not want to continue to miss the joy of the Lord that he had known and the liberty of access that he had had to come uh, to the Lord. He knew how much less joy there is in the state when you are not communing closely with the Lord, when the Lord seems distant. And he knew that he had grieved the Holy Spirit. And he knew he would be completely undone. He would be completely lost without the Spirit of God. So, rightly, he is crying out, do not cast me away from your presence. Well, now in verse 12, we see that there are two parts in verse 12 in this prayer. Two needs, I guess you'd say, in David's life due to his sin. Two requests. He asked to be restored and he asked to be upheld. Now, the first request is because David's sin had caused him to be sad, to be downcast. It had impacted the joy of his salvation, obviously. And so he prayed for that to be restored. He wanted it to be back. He wanted it again. And he's crying out to have his former joy restored, the joy of his salvation in the Lord and of his nearness to the Lord. He wanted that joy again. And the Lord gives joy. So he's asking the Lord, give me that joy I had before. And it made me think of, well, then how are we restored? How does that happen in our lives? And I thought of five things. First of all, as we can see in David's life, it happens when we confess, when we truly confess and truly repent before the Lord. Again, as David did here. Charles Spurgeon said, this joy, listen to this regarding the order. This joy comes not first, but follows pardon and purity. In such order, it is safe, he said. In any other order, it is vain presumption or idiotic delirium. 
very strong. In other words, he's saying, as David has shown us, as the Lord has shown us in David's uh, psalm, we must truly confess, we must truly repent, and then we can cry out, Lord, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Matthew Henry said it this way, those that sow in penitential tears, meaning they're truly repentant, they wept, they repented so much, those that sow in penitential tears shall reap the joys of God's salvation when the times of refreshing shall come. Praise God, those times can't come. Well, secondly, I was thinking that we are restored by faithfully communing, choosing to commune with the Lord God and praising him for his mercy and his kindness and his forgiveness to us. Because in his presence, there is fullness of joy. In Psalm 23, you all know this, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Our shepherd is the one who restores us. He leads us to places of rest. He restores our soul. It is when we are with him and following him, as sheep should follow a shepherd, when we're following him, that we can truly be restored. Our souls can be restored. Do you need restoration? And we should have a part in this. It, it's amazing that Lord allows us to do this and calls us to have a part in this restoration. But we should have a part of the, in this by praising God daily for our salvation, delighting daily that he would save one such as me by rejoicing that we are saved by grace and not by works, that we are justified by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Well, thirdly, we are restored by faithfully being in his powerful word. We must be in his word, we must be meditating on his precious and exceedingly great promises. And so I pray that the word would become the joy and delight of your heart, of every heart in this room. Well, fourthly, we are restored by fellowship with the saints. We are fellowshipping today. We are being restored together. We are built up and encouraged by one another, and we have a part in refreshing others. So we must plan to be a blessing in each other's lives and do our part to get to know others here and serve the Lord in helping restore others. We're not here just to find joy and comfort for ourselves. Certainly, by the grace of God, we do receive that. But in fact, we are restored as we serve and as we encourage others with the love that the Lord has given us, with the gifts that he has given us as we use them here. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. And fifth, we are restored by preparing for this time, this time of worship that we are enjoying now. Preparing for it and preparing for coming to the table, this part of this worship service. This is meant to be restorative. This is part of the restoration process each week that the Lord has given to his covenant people. It is meant to be nourishment to our souls. The shepherd wants us to be nourished through his great grace. And it should never be something, when we come to this table, should never be something that we do just, just out of routine without our hearts engaged in this communion as we obey to come to this table. Our souls need this time here, this reminder, this grace that the Lord has mercifully given to us from the time he instituted it at the supper with his disciples. And so first, 
We saw David prayed that his joy in the Lord would be restored. And then secondly, David's sin basically made him very weak. And so he prayed that he would be upheld by the Lord. Now, uphold here means supported, you know, coming alongside and holding someone up because they're weak. David had fallen in sin and now he needed to be supported. He needed to be held up and raised up by the Lord. In Psalm 51.10, David prayed, renew a steadfast spirit within me. Not a faltering spirit, but a steadfast one, one that's secure in the Lord. In 2 Corinthians 4, we are told, brothers and sisters, do not lose heart. Do not lose heart. Even though it says our outward man is perishing, some versions say our outward man is wasting away, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Praise the Lord that by his spirit, he renews our soul, even though our bodies are weak. And the older you are, the more you know that is happening. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. We are waiting on the Lord together before him. We are essentially praying, looking into his word now. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Isn't that a great picture of restoration? Think of that. And then the psalmist in Psalm 42 was speaking to himself, essentially, speaking to his soul. And he said, why are you cast down on my soul? This is the cry of a soul that needs to be upheld and restored. He said, why are you cast down on my soul? Are you cast down today? And this is his response. And he said, and why are you disquieted within me? And then he said, hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. Hope in God, dear brothers and sisters, who forgives and who restores our soul and upholds us by his spirit. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we come to this part of our worship this morning, knowing that we need the grace that you alone can give. And Lord, we need restoration and we need renewal and support. The Lord uphold us, we ask, by your spirit. Fill us with joy in the spirit, the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. The Lord nourish our souls, we pray, as we come in obedience and open our hearts to be able to praise you and partake of these elements by faith that you will restore us and you will uphold us. Lord, thank you also for the means that you've given that we might be a part of your restoration in each other's lives. May we be faithful in that. We thank you that we can pray boldly because we are your people and because we come in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.